0: You gon' win. You go win. Everybody round me with it. Everything around me with it. You gon' win. Everybody me win. Yeah. Everything around me You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shine? Second letter, but my name is the second matter Give me a second, I'll bring you from Canaan to second Adam For the pain, boy, I'm up in Adam. For the pain, boy, I'm up to bat it Patient for the wind, because we win slow with these fairly matters I'm so convinced that you won't find no gold I'm those of them that's going in for holiness God goes with them. Oh. but know about going harder Walk with me through these waters And Father's death for the Father For the Father, boy, get me started Evening, good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Deep. If you don't know what Into the Deep is, Into the Deep is a new talk show in Beaumont, Texas, where we bring the word to the world so others can understand who they are and whose they are in Jesus Christ, thus fulfilling their divine purpose. We expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders and each and every individual who watches this episode. So I am Leander DJ Wilson, and welcome to Into the Deep. Amen. So this evening, we have a special guest. If you're from Beaumont, Texas, you may know her. She She is a pastor. She was my pastor. She was one of my spiritual father's wives. If If you you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm going to let you know. She is none other than Pastor Savannah Broussard. Amen. Amen. Hello. (laughs) Amen. So, Pastor Savannah, called by God for such a time as this to equip the body of Christ, to manifest his glory through our worship, witness, and work. Just like Elijah after Elijah's transition, Pastor Van accepted the baton for leading the Church of Philadelphia stewards when her late husband of 27 years and founder, Pastor Felix C. Broussard, Jr., transitioned to heaven. She walked with him, ministering, teaching, organizing, providing strong administrative oversight to help build the ministry and the people. As you can imagine, her personal loss did not outweigh her love and devotion for her Lord and Savior, as she passionately accepted the charge to serve him through leading his people. Amen. Pastor Van Broussard. Amen. You have anything to say?
1: Well, I just want to say praise God and to God be the glory for the opportunity uh, to be a part of what God is doing Uh, in Beaumont through this talk show and most especially what he's doing through you and uh, in the realm of ministry. So thank you for having me. uh, And I hope that uh, all that we believe in God for tonight will be a full manifestation by his spirit.
0: Amen. If you're familiar with the episode, the first thing we do is we do our icebreakers. And we have three different icebreakers We have three questions, two realities and a truth, and higher code. So the first one up is three questions. So what I'll do is I'll ask you three questions and ask them to the best of your ability. It's just to get to know you just a little bit better, okay? Okay. So the first question is, what is your favorite thing that you have bought this year?
1: My favorite thing that I have bought this year, a a mattress, Mm. (laughs) a new mattress for my bed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's one of my favorite things that I've bought this year.
0: (laughs) All right. right. Question number two. What is your favorite or dream vacation?
1: Oh, well, I just actually uh, came off of that which was Jerusalem, and God has fulfilled that. So I guess the next would be Italy.
0: And last question. If you had 10 minutes to spend $20,000, how would you spend it?
1: I would spend it advancing the kingdom. I would give uh, it to uh, different ministries uh, and help promote uh, their vision.
0: Okay. All right. That is three questions. Amen. Okay. Now we're going All to right. move on to two realities and a dream, right? Two realities and a dream is where you tell us two things that you have accomplished. And then you're going to tell us one thing that you hope to see come to pass.
1: Okay. Um, two things that I have accomplished. I've accomplished my bachelor's degree uh, in uh, theology. Uh, The other thing that I've accomplished is um, I've stood fast uh, for the last 14 years uh, as a senior pastor. uh, And that is a great accomplishment for me without the presence of my uh, husband. and then what was the dream? The other dream is that um, other than to continue to advance the kingdom of God is always a dream of my heart. Uh, but I want to return back to school to uh, further edu- my education in the theology. That's two realities
0: and a dream. And now we're on to hot or cold. Okay. Now, hot cold is... The remix to this or that. So uh, I give you two items. I give you two two things, and you gotta pick between the two. Okay. So like the first one, high heels or flats. Flats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Digital Bible or paperback.
1: Paperback. <laughs>
0: Okay. Number three, trip to Hawaii or trip to Jerusalem?
1: Mm, Jerusalem. All
0: right. All right. Number four, early bird or night owl?
1: Early bird.
0: Okay. And last one, online worship or in person worship?
1: in person <laughs> yeah.
0: that is our icebreakers and that's just to get you know a little bit better get get a little open dialogue going before we get into our discussion okay. now for our discussion for the past couple of months last month and this month we've been we've been talking about leadership and mentorship and to, to, tonight we're going to be talking about leadership ship. Um, okay. and a good when I was studying this um, God gave me Paul uh, how we, we, we call it his road to Damascus how mm-hmm. God shifted him mm-hmm. right That's, that comes from Acts chapter 9 um, and he, brought, he gave me another scripture Je- Jeremiah chapter 20 Jeremiah chapter 20. And this scripture I, when when he gave it to me I'm like, okay, God, what what are you trying to say for this? And then he said read it and study it and when I read it it says from the uh New Living New International version, you deceived me, Lord. I was deceived, you overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long, everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought, has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Amen. And when I first read that, I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to say? What is Jeremiah saying here? And I started to read it. I'm like, okay. So he, he's saying how when he became when he stepped up to the call, it didn't look like how He portrayed it. So it it looked like it was it wasn't what God called him to. So for for instance, um, the thing of a leader, leadership, right? What most people think leaders are, it's a position or a title. Right? Mm -hmm. It's all good. There's no down. There's no downside is all about receiving it's all about the reward but here jeremiah speaking when he got called it, it didn't look like that it looked at like he wasn't speaking all happiness like he was he was speaking words he was speaking what god told him to speak but it wasn't what made the world happy it wasn't what made the world pleasurable it was As he stated, it was violence and destruction. All right. And the thing I learned about leaders and being leadership in leadership is that. It's not always about. The reward. There's something that's going to be some conviction. Mm -hmm. And. There's gonna be some conviction and some ridicule because if you're really truly following God and you're really truly accepting the call, then there's some things that are in us that needs to get out of us, right? And that's the thing that happens when we're in a leadership shift. Um, so I I, I Googled the definition for leadership shift, and this is what I came up with: it's a slight change in position direction, or tendency, move or cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. So as we're in a leadership shift, that means we're going from salvation to to answering the call God has for us. So we're going from just knowing who God is to knowing what he has for us. So, in, in that process, there's a change happening. And it's not, it's not just a physical change, it's a spiritual change. He's, God is still working on us, right? And mm-hmm. the, the greatest example, one of the greatest examples is Paul. If, if you don't know who Paul is, Paul, before he was an apostle, before he wrote the letters to the churches and the letters in the New Testament, Paul was one of the guys who was persecuting Christians, right? And Paul, his main goal was to to kill and destroy and to take out anyone who proclaimed the name Jesus, right? And the the, the most funny thing, well, I think it's funny because while he was on mission to do this, while he was on mission to persecute Christians, God changed him. God changed him from going to pursue Christians to going to enlighten people into who Christ really is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if, if, if you read Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 9 talks about his transition talks about how God knocked him down, how God took away his sight, how God was speaking to him. And and doing all this what, what most people would probably do is when they get knocked down, when they get when they lose something they think is Resourceful, they'll probably walk away from God and say, Oh, that's not God. But what Paul did was he said, Okay, God, since this is you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue moving forward in you. So that's verses one through nine. So we at so from 10 to verse 19, Paul is blinded, Paul is by himself. Because as he was going to Damascus, he had a whole group of friends, right? And when he gets to Damascus, they leave him, and he's by himself. So so he's by himself, he's blinded, he's not dependent on his own self anymore. So now he's fasting, and he's praying to God. And in this time, there's a disciple who... There's a disciple who comes to him.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: again, I, I really think this is funny to me. This disciple who comes to Paul is the very one. Paul is there to crucify. Paul is there to persecute, right? So now he he's there. Ananias is there. And what Ananias does is he talks with Paul. He, he does what God asks him to do. And when they're together, Paul receives his sight. right And as, and as they go forward, they're, they're, they're preaching the gospel, they're telling others about Christ. And as Paul is talking about Christ, there are people who are saying, isn't that the same guy who is here to persecute us? Isn't that the same guy? who is here talking down about Christ. And despite all that talking, Paul is still steady talking the good news of Christ. He's still talking about who Christ is, right? And it wasn't just talk. They was plotting to kill him. And yet Paul is still talking about Christ. He is still going forward. And that's verses 10 through 19 from 20 to 31 it, it shows us that as Paul is still steady going about God's business as Paul is still going right and he, there's still a threat on his life they still want to kill him and the city of Damascus, the thing about the city, there's only one entrance. There's a, one entrance and one exit. There's one way in and one way out. So what they did was they planned on killing him, and they said on his way out, that's when we're going to get him. So here's the thing Paul did. Paul said, I'm not going to make my time short. I'm not. I'm going to stay here as long as God wants me. So as, as he is finishing up what he has to do for God, Right. God sends people to Paul and they get him out the city through an opening in the wall. right? And he gets out the city safe, unharmed, and going about God's business back to Jerusalem. And when he gets back to Jerusalem, he gets ta- he gets teamed up with Paul and some of the other apostles. And they go forth and spread the gospel throughout the other cities. And that's Acts chapter 9 in a nutshell. And that what Acts chapter 9, it just shows you that as Paul is in this shift, as Paul is in this shift to being a leader for Christ, as Paul is in this shift to doing what God has called him to do, he's he's facing a lot of tr- trouble. He's facing death. He's facing these things, and yet Paul is still going forward, doing what God has asked him to do. That's what I had to say.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, yeah. Uh, when we look at at Paul's life and Jeremiah's life, mm-hmm. um, and we look at uh, the call on their life, and uh, certainly we have to understand this as leaders that we are the first partakers we're the Mm -hmm. first partakers of anything that God does Uh, whenever God calls for a shift uh, if we are a leader we're the first we have to know that we're going to be the first partakers of that we're the first partakers of the transformation that is needed for the transition uh, Mm -hmm. because um, we're called God calls us into ministry and God does not give us all that is involved in our ministry so one of the first things we have to do as leaders we have to answer the call trusting god and then our commitment is tested uh through, through some of the things that both paul and jeremiah went through by preaching their message but when i look at jeremiah's life uh i, I look at the fact that jeremiah's um had the sa- has the same uh situation that most of us have that are called by god as leaders uh he's just having a struggle with his call <laughs> He's having a struggle with his call we can know that we're called uh we can answer the call but that does not exempt us from uh the rejection that jeremiah was actually having to deal with uh, in fact jeremiah told god on this he said you seduced me you 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 deceived me because the call became so great and i think Mm -hmm. as leaders times because of what the world has shown us um you know what a leader looks like uh we go into leadership or we answer the call to lead uh with the mindset of what looks to be real real glorious uh in ministry but ministry is not always glorious uh there is glory it's supposed to bring glory to god but when we step into ministry uh we have to understand that 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 god is going to do his first work with us because to call to be a leader there must be a process of being made to be a leader everybody's not born to be a leader mm-hmm. and so the making of a leader the making of a leader are these type things that that jeremiah and even Paul had to walk through you had to walk through rejection you had to walk through uh the struggle as God is this what ministry look like uh this is too hard the people are rejecting me and and when we look at Jeremiah this wasn't Jeremiah's first complaint this was Jeremiah's fifth complaint Jeremiah had to brought six complaints to God as it relates to the call on his life as a leader and so he dealt with both. I think that as leaders, we have to understand, even in the leadership, uh, that God, that we have to be able to deal with both the personal and the spiritual struggle that comes with our call. Um, and Jeremiah is a great example here. He said what God told him to say. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to agree with you. That does not mean that everybody's going to receive what God said to us to say to them. This is a prime example uh, because the priest in in this text, in the context of this scripture with Jeremiah, uh, he he beat Jeremiah. He put him in prison. He rejected the prophetic word uh, that Mm -hmm. Jeremiah brought. And so, you know, when, when, when you begin to step out and begin to try to obey the call of God and you have to go through the struggle, you have to go through the opposition and the rejection, all that comes with that, and even frustration, because we see frustration with Jeremiah. Jeremiah is frustrated. He's telling God, look, you deceived me. <laughs> you know, this is not what I thought going to be and i think that's what we have to understand before we say yes we need to understand that god already has a vision god already has a plan god already has an assignment we've been called with the purpose with an assignment the anointing is for the assignment every leader don't have the same assignment every leader don't have the same assignment and so jeremiah said yes but you know when we say yes we also have to go through a period of preparation to fully understand what is my assignment your assignment is totally different from my assignment in the kingdom of god and so there may be things that god is going to allow god is going to orchestrate to come into your life as a leader as a form of preparation for the call and the assignment you may be called to one community i'm called to another community and so, the training and the making of a leader, uh, we have to be willing to be the partake, first partakers of what God is going to, uh, what He's making us to be. If you remember that God actually told Jeremiah uh, before he gets to this 20th chapter, he said, Go to the potter's house. Mm-hmm. He sent him to the potter's house. He said, And I want you to watch, I want you to watch uh, the potter. And the clay that's on the potter and watch what the what the potter does with the clay and understand that the potter is making the clay the vessel that i want that clay to be and if that vessel if there's any kind of mark glory to god in that clay god says you know that potter's gonna break that clay right and he's gonna put him back on the wheel so he was allowing jeremiah to see that jeremiah i got you on the wheel in your ministry you still on the wheel and a lot of times we gotta realize that we still on the wheel in ministry and, and some of the tests and some of the things that god allow us to is because he's making the leader he's making the vessel he's molding he's shaping uh the vessel this was a okay this is a time in 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 jeremiah's life where he has to understand that that i cannot do ministry without god that i have to, and god allows us as ministers to go through a process and a making to determine whether we want to be popular or powerful mm. and mm. so you know when 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 we want, when we want to be popular we want men to accept us we want to be accepted by man we want man to accept our message we don't want to be rejected but when we want to be powerful we have to go through the process of god uh making us and god strengthening us remember that god told jeremiah from the beginning he said jeremiah you you're not gonna have no easy ministry you called to root up you called to pluck up <laughs> i'm calling you uh to nations you're not called to uh no no uh you know no 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 um you know uh nice ministry per se you know you're not called to the lawyer ministry or the ministry you know where you're going to be accepted by everybody some of you're going to have to speak some hard words uh your assignment is hard because I need you to, I'm sending you to root up. I'm sending you to pluck up. And plant again and rebuild again, which is hard work in, uh, in ministry. And so um, he told him, he said, but do not be dismayed. He told him, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And as leaders, when it comes to a difficult times in ministry, we have to remember that god called us number one that god promised us i'm gonna be with you i'm gonna be with you don't be dismayed do not be dismayed by the people uh i think it's somewhere in the book of proverbs where it tells us it says if our if if we faint faint in the midst of adversity our strength is small. So God's gonna allow us as ministers, uh, as leaders to be tested by adversity. He said, if, you, if, 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 if in the midst of adversity, you know, we, our strength fail, we are small. We don't have the opportunity to faint. And we see that in Jeremiah. Jeremiah sure wanted to faint. Jeremiah thought about fainting but the but the fire of the message that was in jeremiah wouldn't let jeremiah faint god gives us what we need to sustain in difficult seasons of ministry um and then even paul you know uh god did tell paul tell ananias that paul is gonna suffer for the ministry can i just inject here that 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 as leaders we are not exempt from suffering we're not exempt from persecution
0: so as you said that um, that's something that leaders that we must do right um, mm-hmm. Because God's rearranging these numbers. Uh the first because I have it in order, but God says to do this one first. What do, as a leader, what do you submit to? Right? And mm-hmm. as leaders, what are we submitting to? Are we submitting? You said it and I love it. Are, are we submitting to being popular or are we or we're submitting to God? Amen. Are we submitting to purpose?
1: That's right. Number one. Number right. one and foremost. Uh, the submission must be to God
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, as we as we grow as we mature um, as we come into greater understanding uh, of God's will um, that submission becomes easier mm-hmm. not submission does not start out as easy I mean it, it's hard to submit because the human side of us we we want people we want people to you know to believe in us we want people to be with us but as we grow in the lord as we submit more as we come to truly my god love god and and understand that 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 the call is to please god and not man then that submission to god becomes easier and easier as we are submitted to god it becomes even, um, it gives us more confidence to submit to his purpose. So I agree with you. Number one, we must be submitted to God as leaders. Number two, we must submit to the purpose of God. And then this one is um, something that some a lot of leaders may not agree with, but we need to be submitted to another leader or another mentor uh, that, that's been in ministry longer than us. Uh, mm-hmm. that is able to mentor us that is able to judge us amen that is able uh to to discipline us to tell Ooh. us when we're wrong right to be able to um, actually uh you know gauge um our our uh soundness of doctrine so it's not just submitting to god and submitting to his purpose but we gotta be submitted to a, a a spiritual leader that god has brought us under there must every pastor ought to have a covering mm-hmm. every spiritual leader ought to have a covering that means somebody over them earthly not just god because that's the order of god and then we must submit we, we uh, uh you know we submit to the call mm-hmm. if, if you don't if we don't ever submit to the call we don't ever carry it out i'm in this home but you know we got to to carry it out. We got to submit to it. Yeah. And
0: when uh I got this, when, when uh I was doing this, when I said you're perfect. You're the perfect guest for this because I remember because I when I started in leadership, it was at Church of Philadelphia under you and Pastor sorry And I I remember there were times where we we talked me and you we talked about things and we talked about and you you corrected me when i did some things wrong and and i was i'm thankful for that because now if if it wasn't for that and if i didn't listen to that i wouldn't be able to continue going forward with where i'm at now
1: amen. amen 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 and it is because of your submission that god has now shifted your your leadership. You started in one realm of leadership, but as you stay submitted, and as we stay submitted, uh, God begins the elevation. That sh- the shift is the shift is really an elevation. Mm-hmm. It's it's elevation. It's elevating us to, and and, and you know, uh, leadership is influence, mm-hmm. and so what he's done. He's put you on a platform because in the shift of leadership, he's increased your level of influence because leadership is all about influence. That's what leadership is. It is influence. It's, it's being able to influence uh, people to, to trust God, uh, to come into a saving knowledge of God. But that influence starts with our own personal life. You know it starts. That's because people watch us. People watch us. You know, and and I thank God for the time that He gave us, myself and the late Apostle Bruce Art. He gave us um, a you because not only were we a blessing to you, but you were a blessing to us because you stayed submitted, and when you were corrected, you never you never got angry. To say i'm just gonna jump up and leave you stayed there and as leaders that's something that we have to help young leaders to understand as mentors as um as apostles and as um those amen that god has elevated us in our in the realm of our influence and our authority Uh, We have to help young leaders to understand that you just stay submitted to what God called you to. And the time and season will come as an elevation as a result of your submission.
0: So that's the first one. What do you submit to? Next is. Next one is, what do you see? Right. leader, what do you see? What is the vision? Right. See, as a leader, you have vision.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that vision is tied to your purpose, which is given by God.
1: That's right. Yes,
0: It's not walking by our own sight. Because Acts chapter 9, Paul was blind. Um, So he had to get to Damascus blinded. So he wasn't walking in his own sight. He was walking by God. That's what God revealed to me is as a leader, there are times where we will want to walk by our own sight where, oh, this would be, this would be perfect. But God would tell us no, or God would say, don't move yet. But to us, to our, in a natural, it may seem perfect, but God says now is not the timing.
1: Mm -hmm, Well, um, what do we see as leaders what we're supposed to see is we must continue to look at and see the vision that god gave us because whenever god calls us he he gives us a vision Mm -hmm. there is a vision uh if we stay faithful to the vision that's how the provision comes the provision comes as we stay faithful to the vision and, and sometimes it's hard, it's difficult. Um, sometimes you look, at other, you look at other leaders, you look at other ministries as a leader, and, 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 and you see, it seems like they're prospering and they're flourishing, and rightly so, they should. And it seems like your vision is tearing, and, 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 you know, the enemy can begin to tell us, well, why don't you do it like they're doing it? Why don't you do what they're doing to help promote your vision? but you know it is in the book of habakkuk that the lord said to him go the vision tarry wait on it for it shall surely come and the lord told him he said it will not lie see whatever vision god gives us it is not a lie it is of a truth but we have to allow the process uh for that vision to become uh fruition that the vision is not going to come to fruition without a process now what's all involved in that process and the dynamics sometimes don't feel good sometimes it seems like it's a delay but because god gave the vision it is not a denier it may be a delay but it's not a denier and we have to continue to see the vision what did he tell him he said write it down He's saying run with it so once you got that vision written down that's what you got to keep seeing you got to keep looking at that vision you know and keep seeing god in the midst of it that he gave you the vision uh, i i can surely say that our late apostle left a vision and it is the thing that has helped me because in my in my case you know my my leadership shift was a thrust I was leading as a leader alongside our late apostle. Um, And my leading was an administration. I was leading in administration. But God shifted my leadership Mm -hmm. suddenly, suddenly without without any warning. It was suddenly. Uh, But even though it was suddenly, when I look back, i know that he was preparing me i just needed to understand that that okay god is preparing you for something you know and but thank god that our late apostle had a vision and so all i had to do was continue to run with the vision now god uses different methodologies um he he can change the plans you know uh, he uses different strategies, uh, maybe from the former leader that you've been under. But, but the plan, but the purpose of God never changes. The purpose of God never changes. From Genesis 1, his, purposes, his purpose was established. It does not change. Now, he had to change plan. The plan had to change because of Adam's disobedience. But the purpose didn't change. God's purpose didn't change. The second Adam, Jesus Christ came in Mm -hmm. so that God's plan could be fulfilled. And that's what we're under now, Uh, you know, the second Adam and what he recovered, all that Adam lost. And so that vision, God had a vision and God has not uh, deviated from his vision. And then as a leader, God gives us a vision and it, it's a challenge sometimes to not deviate from that vision to make things happen or to try to produce uh, growth. But, you know, all growth is not good growth.
0: Sure. Yeah, because um, I, with to show that we have a vision and the vision is to help push the word of God to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I try, I, I help other people start their podcast. I help them maintain it. And I'm seeing some things they do. I'm like, okay, that would be nice to add on. But then God says, no, not yet. That that's not what I have for you.
1: That's for mm-hmm. theirs,
0: not for you. Yeah, so yeah.
1: For the because the vision, as he told, as he said in Habakkuk, too, it is for an appointed time, mm-hmm. it is for an appointed time,
0: yeah. Because he also gave me this illustration the eyeglasses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you wear eyeglasses with someone and you switch glasses with somebody else, for like me and you, right? If we switch glasses, I won't be able to see the same way you see out of your glasses.
1: Because That's good. That's good. That's good
0: revelation. So <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: Just, Hallelujah. Yeah. That's good.
0: Yeah. When God gave them like, okay, I see that. Yeah. And question number three. So, what do we submit to? What do we see? And finally, why do you serve and how do you serve as a leader? And that question right there. That, that's a big one because of, as I was studying for a sermon, a lot of people don't see leaders as servants. They don't see leaders as service because, like, especially in the business world, because I'm going for my MBA and we talk about leadership in there. And what most people think that the CEO just sits back and makes the decision they don't serve. But when you're actually running a company, you have to serve the company. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So the question is, as a leader, how do you serve and why do you serve, right? So why do you serve is really easy. Well, for me, I can say, is why do you serve? I serve because Christ served first. Mm -hmm. He came to the, he said it, he came to this world not to be served, but to serve. He came to this world to serve people. So, if Christ came to serve, why why do we believe we shouldn't be? Why do why do we believe we shouldn't serve? And how do you serve as a leader? And well,
1: so, I think you that serve? you know, um, I think that there is a lot in our western culture mm-hmm. uh, that has contributed to um to a misinterpretation of serving and what service looks like mm-hmm. and so uh we have to individually that's why every one of us whether leader uh a follower we have to study the word of god for ourselves and in the process of studying that word we have to ask god god what does that look like what what does that look like you know uh why do we serve as a christian um i don't think that we have we should have no other answer other than number one uh because he served and number two to glorify him to glorify him i think that some of the things of um that we've seen in ministry uh that is greatness uh, i think the misinterpretation of that is that uh we think that 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 greatness comes through being positioned but Jesus specifically told the disciples, he said, if you desire to be great, you're going to have to serve. There is no greatness without servitude. Mm-hmm. There is none. Jesus said when he washed their feet, uh, washed it, he said, as I have done unto you, as I've served you, you are to serve one another. He was giving us an example of what a servant looks like um and so uh we serve because our teacher jesus christ Mm -hmm. taught us to serve we serve so that god could be glorified and what we have to come to an understanding is that to serve means to minister (laughs) when we're serving we're ministering (laughs) that's what ministry is it is serving there's, there's, that's what ministry is, you know. Um, ministry is not a lot of those things that, that sometimes uh, we run after, you mm-hmm. know, um, certain things. But ministry is serving. It's serving. And every minister that, that has been made great, I do believe it is because they understood I served they served so we've got ministers on the platform now that that they're great they're doing a great work Uh, God is exposing them uh, to the Nations but we were not there in their time when they were serving and so their greatness is a result of them having served they served they did not only serve God but they served man they served their leaders they served their leaders, you know. Uh, before God began to shift their leadership, and as a result of them sh- serving their leaders, you know, God uh, shifted their uh, leadership, exalted them into greater levels of influence in their leadership. Um, I think that's the tragedy uh, right now that that we're seeing the body of Christ is that. Uh, we just don't want to serve anymore we want the greatness we want that but but the process to it we don't often want to do that so that means putting our hands to the plow and working that means serving people that are less fortunate than us that that means going out into the vineyards that means going out into community that means serving the people that we are called to pastor we we called to serve those people we're called to serve them i'm nothing but a servant you're nothing but a servant that's what we are we are God's servants yeah you know?
0: and the final discussion question is so we okay. got so as a leader what do you submit to what do you see what how do you serve and why do you serve and last one we spoke we talked about it earlier but we're going to talk about it again as a leader what do you say
1: what do you say hallelujah we better be saying what God says say, say. <laughs> that's what we say and we say the word Mm-hmm. because whenever we say the word you know there god doesn't all the time say something to us specifically and say say this but every time we read this word and we study the word of god that's god mm-hmm. that's god god is his word and so we say what god says and whether we heard him audibly Mm -hmm. or whether there was a prompting in our spirit, or whether God spoke to us something in a dream, we always say the word, because when we say the word, we say what God say. That's what we say. Now, oftentimes, how we say it Mm -hmm. is what causes maybe uh, people to be offended, uh, may cause unnecessary chaos or disorder, but the word of God Tells us to let our conversation be seasoned with grace. Mm-hmm. It says to speak the truth in love. It says speak the truth in love. And so, if we say what God say, you know, and uh, and and I, you know, I've said some things that God didn't say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't get the backing. see god not gonna back what he don't say Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's not gonna back and we can't force god to back say well god i need you to back me because this is what i want to say when we say what god say we have assurance that god gonna back us Mm -hmm. whatever you bind on the earth i'll buy it be bound in heaven whatever you loosen there, gonna be loose in heaven but it's got to be what god said Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so I think the safest place for us, the safest form of communication for us as leaders is to say what God say and leave it there. Let God, let, hey, I said what you said, it's up to you. <laughs> you handle it, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, we're safe, we're safe because God gonna back us when we say what he said.
0: So, so some so God gave me some qualities of a leader, right? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked about it. And one of the qualities he gave was that leaders endure confrontation.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: like Jeremiah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You see, the thing about confrontation, it is not, to make us feel less than, but it's to build us up,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? It it, it helps us confront the very thing that we need to get out of us, right? And it it helps us continue to move forward in Christ. It, It helps us strip off the flesh and build up the spirit. right? Number two, Leaders have vision, not just a voice. Number three, leaders serve more than they, leaders serve more than they are served.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Number four, we didn't talk about this one, but you, you hinted to it. Leaders are anointed, not just have authority Mm-hmm. Right, just because just because you are in a position of authority doesn't always mean you're anointed by God. And the great, the greatest one, the greatest example is Saul, King Saul, yeah. is that Saul went against God, right?
1: That's right.
0: And I always, I always questioned why was Saul still in position, right? because Saul was in position because he was king, right? And David had to go through a process to be, who had to go through a process to where God wanted him, right? Mm -hmm. Because before he was put in position of king, he was anointed, right? And many people believe that once you're anointed, you good to go once. Once God says that's your purpose, you good to go. But there's a process to your to the authority. There's a process in the anointing. God anointed you to endure the process, right? Like I said, you said it. If God anointed you to be a leader, if God called you to be a leader, and there's some things that are, that that you're born up against, God already anointed you to go against those things.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: Jeremiah, if you're if you're doing what God asks you to do and it's bringing, for lack of better words, hate of the world towards you, mm-hmm. God has anointed you to go through it. God has anointed you, right? Because yeah. Jeremiah said it, he says, even if I try not to speak the word, it's like fire shut up in my own. That's it. You speak, that, that's where, but I pictured it like, if, if you have a fire that's shut off, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, for instance, I, I was in the Navy, and they, we have this thing called the Delta Fire, and that's pretty much fires done on aircraft, right? And the only way to get, to put out this fire is to toss it overboard. And the only way to get out the fire of the Lord that's burning deep inside you is to get it out. Right? The the only way to extinguish that fire is to get it out. Right? So whatever God puts down in you, he wants it to be released. Whether it's, whether it's going to be, whether it's going to give Happiness to the world, or it's gonna bring violence and destruction to the world. But the thing about it is, it, it may be violence and destruction to the world is is edify, edifying to the kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Don't know. and the last quality is leaders have purpose, not just power.
1: Having things up. Amen. I just wanted to say that um, we are not as a leader. Um, what's important is our response to the persecution. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a response. Jeremiah's response uh, solidified his commitment to the call. And so we are not exempt from persecution as leaders, um, and, and we're going to go through persecution, and, and there's even more to come to this Western culture. There's more to come. Uh, and so we put more focus on the persecution, but God is watching what our response to the persecution is going to be. See, Jeremiah's response, yeah, he got a little uh, discouraged, frustrated, Uh, you know, he questioned God, Uh, you know, he, he was all in his feelings and everything. But his response was the most important thing, because his response said, but I'm committed to the call. I'm committed to it, God. It hurt right now, but I'm committed to the call. And I think that's the most important thing is the commitment to the call. Mm -hmm. The call matters. And the commitment to the call uh, is what, what actually gives us a whole lot of strength to persevere and to endure.
0: Amen. That is our discussion. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. We're, there's more to come. Um, to all those watching, I want to thank y'all for commenting and watching. And this is the thing. As leaders, we, we are we have a call, we have a purpose. And we must commit to the call and purpose. Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. But continue to have the focus on God. That's it. Because we can be committed. But because of we are flesh, we can sometimes lose sight. But when we when we lose sight of the purpose, but we still focus on God, he'll get us right back on track
1: hmm hmm
0: So I want to thank everyone for watching and being a part of Into the Deep Leadership Shift. And I want to thank you once again, Apostle Savannah Broussard for being our guest and discussing this topic. And before we close, would you close us out in prayer?
1: Certainly. I'd love to. Father, in Jesus' name, we honor and we praise you and we glorify your name, Father. We thank you for this time that you have given us, oh God, we, we we give it all back to you for your glory, Lord. We trust you, Father, that this time was fruitful, that it will bear fruit in the life of every believer, every leader, Lord God. We thank you, O oh God, for the uh, articulation and the understanding, O oh God, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for an understanding, and we pray that all will get an understanding, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding that we might know what is the hope of your calling, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for granting us spiritual wisdom and knowledge in the understanding of your will so that, God, we all might walk worthy of our calling and that we might be fruitful in every good work. I speak blessings upon every viewer, Lord, everyone that was appointed part of this uh, podcast, Lord. Everyone that tuned in, I speak blessings. I speak the blessings of God over their lives and over their families, Lord. God, I speak blessings over oh my God, Pastor uh, Pastor Leanders, oh God, assignment in the earth, Lord God, over this podcast, Lord. I thank you for the influence. Now I pray for increase, Lord. I thank you for the provision for the vision, Lord. Now I thank you, oh God, in the name of jesus for open doors and set favor lord god i thank you for drawing those oh god that are to be drawn to this podcast lord i thank you for the fulfilling of his vision oh god to give the world the word to the world lord god and we thank you and we give you praise we give you glory we give you honor be glorified as we extol you for thine is the kingdom thine is the power And thine is the glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. Amen. To God be the glory. And tune in next week. You think being meek is weak, huh? huh? Try being meek meek for a week. 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 Ain't that right, Shaq? Second letter, but my name is the second matter Give me a second, I'll bring you from chain to second Adam For the I'm up in at him. For the pain, boy, I'm up to Patient for the wind, you slow with these belly matters I, I, I'm so convinced that you won't find no bodem And those of them that's going in for holiness God goes with them, know about going harder Walk with me through these mothers and fathers definitely for the father, for the father, boy Get me started